Let's go to Scripture where Jesus uh, calls a couple of his disciples, Peter and Andrew, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, 19, 20. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Jesus didn't say, put those nets down and quit. He didn't say, stop what you're doing and come follow me. He said, I want you to keep doing what you're doing. Let's just tweak it a little bit. Let's take what you're doing and let's make it something that is amazing for the kingdom of God. He's saying, come follow me and I'm going to teach you to catch men. You catch, you know how to catch fish. I'm going to teach you how to catch men. But he, he said, I'm going to teach you how to catch men. He didn't say, come follow me and I'm going to put thousands of people in front of you for you to minister to. Now that did happen to uh, Simon Peter on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Remember, there were thousands of people. 3,000 got saved, so we know he spoke to more than 3,000 people. That did happen, and it might happen for some of you, but that's not the promise. He's not saying, come follow me and I'm going to give you men and women to talk to and minister to. Uh-uh. He says, come follow me. I'm going to teach you to catch people. I'm going to teach you to reach people. I'm going to teach you to do it. I'm not going to fill your nets, even though he did do that. And I'm going to read that scripture next week, okay? But we're not getting to that one today. Even though he did fill their nets on a couple of occasions, that's not the promise. The promise is not, I'm going to fill the nets for you. Build a bigger building and I'm going to fill it. That's not what he said. He said, come follow me. I'm going to teach you to catch men. I'm going to teach you to catch women. I'm going to teach you to catch teenagers and little boys and little girls. I'm going to teach you. Surveys that have been done tell us that the reason more Christians do not catch more people, the reason we don't uh, evangelize more or, or share our faith, lead people to know Jesus, invite them to church, you know, what, what, whatever it is, the reason we don't do that more is we have lost our sense of awe for what this is all about. And that's not what they say. That's what we say when we're, you know, when we're interviewed or polled or surveyed. That's what we say. We have lost our sense of all. Maybe not in those words. That, that's what we say. We've lost our sense of all. How do we lose our sense of all? As somebody said to me, I believe it was Armando said the other day, talk, John 3.16. We've read it so many times, we don't even remember what it's about. That is one, that is one amazing verse of Scripture, is it not? It talks about the Son of God leaves the throne room of heaven. He comes down here. First of all, he becomes flesh, right? God becomes flesh. And then the word says he becomes our sin because he becomes our sin so that he can go down the cross and our sin dies because he's become our sin. And, and, and now you and I, we have eternal life because of all that. How, how could you not be awed about that? I mean, how can we not wake up every single morning and say, it is amazing. It is amazing. God is here with me. You know, tomorrow morning when you wake up, who's going to be there? I'm not. I'm probably not, right? I'm not going to be there, you know? I'm not even going to be in the living room, you know? I'm not, I'm not even going to be on your porch waiting for you. I'm not there. If you're married, hopefully your spouse is still going to be there in the morning when you wake up if you weren't too mean for them to before they went to bed last night. But, you know, you don't know who's going to, except this, you know that he's going to be there. And not just an entity, not just a feeling, not just a presence or not just a name, Jesus Christ. You know, if you're a child of God, you know when you wake up tomorrow morning, the Son of God in His presence is going to be with you, and He's not going to be there empty-handed either, because the Word of God tells us 
that every day his mercies are new. He's going to show up when you wake up tomorrow morning. The son of God is going to be there and he's going to have mercies for you to get you through the day. Whatever it is you're dealing with, no matter what the battles are, the struggles are, you know, it doesn't matter. He is going to, how could you not be awed about that? How in the world do we get, do, do, do we allow this to get to be a mundane uh, life day after day? And we're not awed by the fact that the son of God is in our life every day to help us. We need to fall in love again with Jesus, a lot of things. We need to fall in love with fishing again. And I thought I'd hear a couple of fishermen say, amen. (laughs) We need to fall in love with fishing again. Because it is fishing that caught me and you. And it is fishing that will catch those out there. We need to fall in love with this again. We need to fall in love with with this idea that what God did for me, he can do for somebody else. If there's anything more amazing than catching a five-pound bass, it's got to be teaching a little 10-year-old boy how to tie a hook on and to bait his hook or or tie a lure on. Teach him how to cast, put it in the right place, work it or or watch or whatever it is you're doing that day and see him pull in. And he can pull in a, a pound and a half and it won't measure up, and it'll measure up 10 times as big as the five-pounder you just caught because you taught somebody to do it. It's the same thing in the spiritual world. The most most amazing thing to you will not be that Jesus did it for you, but when you see Jesus doing it through you to reach other people. It will blow you away. It'll be be even greater than teaching that little 10-year-old boy when you see that God uses you. And that's what he's chosen to do, to use you. We, We need the all back. We need the all back. Jeremiah talked about it, and, and uh, Jeremiah didn't have a problem with it, though. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. He said, he said there was this time. He said, I decided, I'm not going to make mention of God. I'm not going to speak anymore in God's name. But God's word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. He said, it was burning. I I tried to not talk. You know, some of y'all got that problem, right? We just need to change it to being God's word that you're speaking instead of you. You know, you're like the lady that, that, you know, in the commercial that falls down and she pushes the button, help, I'm falling and I can't get up, you know, and some of y'all, help, I'm talking and I I can't shut up. That's Jeremiah though, you know, but Jeremiah's was, help, I'm talking about God and I can't shut up. Man, we, we need that passion again. We need that renewal again. You know, to, to him, it's like he never ceased to awe. He understood. And he said, I tried to hold this in, but it burst forth from me. I could not keep it inside of me. We need to fall in love again with sharing the gospel or sharing our story with fishing. You know, um, I don't know how many years ago it was. I, I couldn't even guess to tell you the first time I heard this, somebody said, that evangelism, reaching somebody else for Jesus, is simply one hungry beggar telling another beggar where to find food. You know, you don't have to go to a class. You don't have to learn five, seven, 12, 200 points of reaching somebody. You found food, didn't you? You found, you found nourishment in Jesus Christ. You found nourishment in God and His Word. Evangelism is just telling somebody else that's hungry where you found what you were looking for. We need to renew that passion. So let's talk about finding fish then. Talk about finding fish. We might talk a little bit more really about fishing next week. I don't know, some, a lot of it works in here too, but finding fish, finding fish. Uh, 
first thing to tell you is a survey. 20% of the unchurched, un- non-Christians, we call them unchurched around here, non-Christians, 20% of non-Christians in the U.S. say they do not personally know a Christian. So that means one in five people out there with a problem tomorrow, if they decided, I need prayer, they don't know anybody to call. They got to get the yellow pages out. Where's the church? And call and hope somebody answers the phone. They don't know anybody. So you know what that tells me? That tells me 20% of those fish out there will never, ever be caught. I'm going to say a little something about this later in the sermon, but let me just throw a little bit of it right in right here because you are the one that's important to them reaching. It's not about all the other, it's about you. And the fact that they don't know a Christian is going to make it so hard for them. Twenty. So listen, we can write off one out of every five unchurched people out there. They will never, ever get saved unless we change something. But we can change something, can't we? If you fish for an hour and you don't get a bite, you know what? It's time to change something. It's time, you know, it's time to change the spot you're in. It's time to change bait. You know, it might even be time to change what kind of fish you're going after. You know, it might be you were bass fishing and they're not biting. Let's try something else. But when you, you, you fish and nothing's happening, it's time to change that. And when you change something, then sometimes you start catching because you, you change. And it's time we change. We need to change how we connect to the fish. Okay, when I'm talking spiritually out there, those fish. We need to change how we connect to them. You know, because if you're fishing and you're not catching anything, you need to change how you're connecting to the fish. Your bait ain't getting them. You know, where you're throwing it is not getting them. You got to change how you connect to the fish. We need to change how we're connecting to the fish out there because 20% of them don't know who we are. They don't know us. They don't know. How in the world does this happen? I'm not talking about in a third world country. I'm not talking about in, in some foreign country that we need to pray God send a missionary. I'm talking about right here, one nation under God that was created so that people can have religious freedom. Not freedom from religion, but religious freedom. They're supposed to have freedom and, and they don't even know a Christian. One in five in this country do not even personally know. We have to change something. Let me tell you one of the things we need to change. We need change. We need to change this attitude of fill the dreams, build it, and they will come, you know? Jesus didn't say, come follow me, and I'm going to fill your nets. He said, I'm going to teach you how to fish. You know, one of the things you don't do when you're fishing is go find you a comfortable spot, you know? Look, I like this place because it's got a tree hanging over. It's, you know, it's shaded from the, from the sun, you know, and, and right, I'm right by the bank, and there's a Coke machine right there. I can jump out and, and, and say, now, come on, fish. Come over here so I can catch you. You don't find a spot that you like and try to lure the fish to that spot. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to bring them to you. He said, you go get them. Go fish. Go fish. Matthew 28, 19, 20. It's all about go fish. He didn't say they're going to show up at your door. I want you to teach them everything that I've told you. He said, go and teach the whole world. Go fit. Go. It's about go. Going so. Going it. So we don't do that. We don't. But that's what we've done in churches. We're sitting and we're waiting on them to show up. Now, let me tell you something. Uh, a couple of decades ago, man, that worked. People were flooding. And when people got, got in trouble, they did. But today, they don't know us. That's what, the, that's what the, that first stat says. They don't know us. So they don't know where to look for their help. You know, I think that's, that's the reason, you know, Oprah and Dr. Phil and all them are so popular today. I mean, they don't know us. You know, we've got a greater answer than Dr. Phil and Oprah and everybody else does, but they don't know us. So we've got to, once again, we've got to, kind of get back to where the fish are. Cool thing is, you're already there. Every day of your life, you're where the fish are. Not here. This is not where the 
unchurched fish are. But out there, you're there every day. You're right there, but you just need to go with the right attitude of what it is I'm trying to accomplish. And what is our goal? Is our goal bigger fish, bigger ponds? I mean, which is it? Bigger ponds, bigger fish? You don't want to, you don't want to fish in a bigger pond to fish in, and have bigger fish? Or, can I tell you this, first of all? Is that a bigger pond does not guarantee a bigger fish. Just because you're fishing in a bigger place don't mean you got, there might be a bigger fish in there somewhere. He might be so deep up there in Smith Lake that you know, you'll never get him. You know, a bigger fish does not mean a bigger pond, but that's kind of what we think. We build a bigger, bigger church. Now listen, we got to have some more space around here. That's why we're adding 100-something seats next week by adding a third service until we get to our bigger place. We've got to have a bigger place. But what we need to remember is the bigger place is not step one. Step one is going fishing. Y- y'all ever seen that movie, Jaws? Okay, it's an old one, you know. But you've probably seen that little, that little part where the guy, oh, his name almost came to me. I couldn't think of it the first service, can't think of it right now. The, the actor, though, when he first sees the big shark, you know, I think he's kind of not really sure there really is one, and all of a sudden he sees it. I mean, his face comes up and his mouth comes up. He's like, and he's just stunned. He turns around and he says, you remember what he says? We need a bigger boat. We need, why? Because that's the fish we're after. We, gotta, we need to remember that the bigger boat is not what catches the fish. We just need a bigger boat because here's our fish. If we want to get, so it's not about the size of the boat, the size of the pond. It's not even about the size of the fish. The goal is to catch more fish. That's the goal. The goal is to make sure every single person we can out there is reached for Jesus. That's the goal. And, and what we want to do is we want, we want to catch all those fish, and we don't care how big they are. I mean, that's not the goal. Don't worry about how big they are. Because, I mean, some of you, you were little bitty fish when Jesus caught you, right? And he's grown you up, hasn't he? You know, you've been eating around here spiritual food, right? Spiritual fish food, you know? And you've been getting grow, growing stronger and, and hearing things, that you know, in small group and, and hopefully in a sermon every once in a while or, you know, somebody sharing with you, you're praying or something, you're getting stronger. That's what God wants to do. We just need to catch more fish, big, small, it doesn't matter. Catch all the fish we can and let God start growing them. That's what the goal is, is to catch all the fish. So, 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 so what do we use? And, and I may talk more about tools and uh, rod and reel, gear, you know, tackle, bait, those kinds of boats. You know, hey, a bigger pond does not guarantee a bigger fish. A bigger boat doesn't either. I've seen a lot of guys on big old fast boats, you know, come back without any fish. You know, the only thing a big boat does is it gets you to the fish quicker. So not a bad thing to have a big boat. Fast boat gets you to the fish quicker. But understand, it's still not the goal. Because all of those things, early service, David Newman, one of our sound guys, was, was here in the early service. And you know, I referenced him because he fishes a lot of tournaments. And you know, he could put me in his boat with him and take me out, give me his best rod and reel, give me his best tackle, put me in you know, the front of the boat, you know, and him work it and put me in the right spot and point it out, say, under that branch, you know, there along that that fallen log. You know, I was telling him after service, I said, you know, there's a lot of little things I know how to pick out, like, I, but I've never in my life ever said, I smell a brim bed, you know, or I, you know, I didn't know that. You know, I've got people to say, I smell a brim bed. I, I smell something. I didn't know what that was, but if that's what it is, okay, you know. So he might have to point out a brim bed, you know, but David could do all that for me and sit in the back probably with a cane pole and still outfish me because the important thing is not the gear and the tackle and the boat 
and the bait and all that. The important thing is the fisherman. The fisherman is the one that makes the determining factor. That is really the one that makes the difference in catching the fish. It's the fisherman. You know, and, and I, might catch, I might catch three little ones and David will catch two huge ones. And you say, well, you caught more than that, but I wasn't going after the little ones. I really wanted a big one. You know, I mean, it's, you know, David would outfish me because he's the fisherman. I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of casual about it. You know, it's about the fisherman. Here, here's the point. When I first got into ministry, people trusted me. They trusted pastors. Now you've been around 2911. You've heard me say this, so hear me say it again because you need to hear this reminder. They don't trust pastors anymore today. They don't trust evangelists anymore today. They read the same news you and I read. They watch the same stories we watch. They don't trust us anymore. You know, the, the number one excuse today I hear from people about church, and not the people, they don't tell me this, but that they tell their friends and family members, and then they tell me, is preachers just want my money. Now, that's just, I, that's just an excuse. That's really not why they don't come to church. That's the excuse, though. You know what we got to do? We got to get rid of their excuses. You know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, I know some guys that when they fish, they believe if they get the scent, their scent on their bait, a fish won't touch it. So they actually will put on gloves and bait their hook because they're taking the excuse away from the fish to say, whoo, I smell something I don't like on that. They're taking the excuse away. So that the fish says, hmm, that, that worm smells pretty good. I believe I'd go for that. Taking the excuse, we need to take the excuse away. You are the thing that takes the excuse away. They see me on Sunday morning, stage, and, you know, on about 15, 16 inches, but still stage, lights, you know, I dress it up on Sunday morning. You know, make myself look presentable. No matter how I lived on Saturday night, you know, I could be fooling all of you if I'm really good and careful for a while. That's what some of them think. Oh, he's fooling y'all. Y'all just see him on Sunday morning. Y'all don't really. That's the way they look. That's the way they say, I don't know that guy. I don't know how he's using the money y'all pay him. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what, all that. You know who they know? They know you. You live next door to them. They know that you have the same problems they do. You, you, some of you, you work under the same boss they work under. They have, to, they have to deal with the same blessings out and cussing out that you have to deal with. And they watch you do it. They, they see you struggle financially to try and make ends meet just like they are. They don't know my life. They see me, if they come, they see me for an hour and 15 minutes. But they see you every single day. They watch you walk through all of your problems and they see you do it and still say, but God is good. And then you tell them, you share with them, you say, let me tell you how I'm getting through this. Then, let me, that's why. That's the connection that works. Not this connection, but that's the connection that works. You are the reason that somebody's going to come to know Jesus Christ. You're the reason somebody's going to come to church. You're the reason someone is going to try out a small group. You're the reason someone's going to come to a student ministry group. You are the reason. Uh, you know, and, and let me hurry here. What's, uh, oh, this one's tweetable. Make sure you get it. Just take a break, okay, everybody? You will never catch what you don't pursue. I have, I, I was thinking about this yesterday again. I was trying to remember. I have not caught a fish in nine years. 
So what in the world are you doing preaching a message on fishing, you know? <laughs> Did you read all this stuff last night, you know, or whatever? No, 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 no. I've, I've fished. I've got tackle. I've got bait. Actually, we're past our first church. My dad left his boat at our house because we were about a mile and a half from the boat launch at the top of the bay, or top of the bay where all the rivers come together in Mobile. You know, and about 15 minutes after Brent got home, we could load up. We could be casting and fishing. So I've, I've been there, okay? You know, just hadn't been very successful over the last nine years. I remember the last fish that I caught, okay, nine years ago. It wasn't because I, I didn't have some understanding. I may not be as smart as some of you fishermen. I know I'm not as smart as some of you fishermen. It's not because I didn't have tackle. I don't have good tackle. All my, it's not that all of my uh, plastic worms have all kind of welded together, you know, how they do, you know, when you leave them there a while. It's not because all my, uh, all my bait's bad or, uh, or I don't have good rods and reels. I, I really like open face. I, I was kind of raised on that, you know, love ambassadors. I know they don't mean anything to some of y'all, but some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I love, see, I, I've got some of that, but that's not the reason I haven't caught a fish in nine years. Anybody care to guess why I haven't caught a fish in nine years? You will never catch what you don't pursue. So if you want to see somebody come to know Jesus Christ, you've got to start pursuing them. You've got to start, oh, but I don't want to run them away from church. You're not going to run them away from church. Not if you have a sincere attitude like, I'm concerned about your life or concerned about your eternity, you're not going to run them away. As a matter of fact, I think you do more damage to Christianity when they know that you're a Christian, but you never tell them that you're concerned about their soul. I mean, when you tell them and you, don't, and you never invite them to church, I mean, they kind of wonder sometimes, I wonder why they never invite me. They must not like their church. They don't ever invite me or they don't like me or they don't care about me, or it's a club that they don't think I can fit into. Their church is too up here or too whatever. If you do much more damage, if you want to see that lost family member saved, you're going to have to start pursuing. We need to start pursuing. Last little point, and we'll close, is I want to talk about presentation of bait. Now here's one I could preach about for a while. The presentation of the bait. People want to be part of something good, positive, exciting, Amen? You know, that's why we say around here, you hear me say it all the time. You know, every Christian should attend a church they brag about. And if you don't, go find one. Get out of here. Go find one that you brag about. I mean, this thing doesn't make, if you're not talking about this church every once in a while to people, man, you need to go find one that does. So go find it. Get out there because, you know, if you talk negative about this church, first of all, see me this afternoon, okay? <laughs> Just joking. But seriously, if you talk negative about this, who wants to come here? Who wants to come to your church if, man, all you got is a you know, negative something? Okay, but if you're excited about your church, man, people want to come to that church. You say, man, let me tell you, let me tell you what, what, what God's doing for me. Let me tell you about, I've made some friendships and I've made some relationships. Man, this small group is pouring into me and this and that. All these people say, man, that sounds like something might help me. And you know what? They might not say it the first day, they might not say it the first time. But you plant that as a seed. You let time take care of it. You let God begin to water it and nurture it. And somebody else comes and plants something. It gives it some food and it starts. And you just take the time. But you've got to start somewhere. So we need to start telling some fish stories. Now, tell true ones, okay? Not the kind like your granddad used to tell. But we need to tell some fish stories. 
And the best fish story is not one that starts, you know, I heard about a guy one time, come on, we need to get rid of those. We need to say, let me tell you about the time Jesus caught me and what he's done for me since he caught me. We need to tell those kinds of fish stories. Let me tell you where I would be if he hadn't caught me. He found me drowning and he pulled me out and he gave me a chance, a second chance at a new life. Oh, if you can't get awed about that, we need to revisit your salvation. <laughs> we need to talk about it. I mean, come home, man. And where would you be? Sinking farther and farther every day. Where would you be by now if he hadn't rescued you when he rescued you? That's a fish story worth telling. Amen. Stand with me, if you will. Let's come to the front. We'd like to close around the front with just a final prayer and a final song. I promise if you're a first-time attender, we don't, we don't do anything weird down here. We just like to... It's like close this last prayer and song. I got, I got one little last thing I want to share with you because I do want to help you. Let me say this. If you, uh, if you ever have a need at the end of a ser service like this, you know, if you were sick in body, you came in, man, I hope he preaches on healing because I sure need healing today. Don't, don't, don't let that dissuade you. We're going to pray about a couple things in just a moment. But if you've got a need and I didn't preach on that, then hey, come find me. Come find my wife, a staff member, a prayer team member, and somebody you, or right there around you, somebody you have confidence in, say, pray for me. Let's pray. Okay, don't, don't, don't ever say because I preached on evangelism today. That's what I preached on in case y'all didn't get it, all right? Uh, <laughs> because I preached on reaching the unchurched that this is no place for you to get prayed for. Oh, no. This is always a place for you to get prayed for, whatever your need is, no matter what the sermon's about today, Okay. One last thing. Uh, I want you to think about someone that you know that needs Jesus. Just get someone on your mind. Someone that you work with, someone you go to school with, someone in your family that, that needs Jesus or that needs to be in church or that needs to be in a small group or that just needs some Christian fellowship. Get somebody in your mind. We all know somebody. We work with somebody. We go to school with somebody. Get them in your mind. Now I want to make it as easy as I can. Okay, I want to give you some bait and put some bait in your hand today when you leave. Not gonna give you any catfish blood bait, okay? So some of y'all don't know what that is either, do you? But there's some nasty stuff out there in fishing. But anyway, anyway, I want to give you something that I think will work. Because we, we we sometimes you know we get really scared about talking about sharing our faith or evangelizing or reaching somebody for Jesus or having to. Pray the sinner's prayer. Is it the ABCs or is it the CBA? You know, we get all confused and we get all worried and whatever. I want to make it really easy on you. When you leave, when you go out the doors, listen, if you're a first-time attender, you'll see a couple of ushers there with, with bags. Those are not for you, okay? Unless you've got a, a, a card, you fill that card out and drop it in there. That's for us to give our offering because 2911 is the vision that he gave us for our communities. We support it, we pray for it, and we fund it financially with our gifts. That's not for you. Ignore the bags except for that card. But also, the ushers are going to have a couple of bait boxes. I don't, you know, I don't know if you ever fish with live bait like live shrimp, but those bait boxes. I did a lot of that when I was in Mobile in the bay. And inside there is, uh, is some bait, and I want you to take some. Uh, some worms, gummy worms. All right. And uh, I, I, want you, I want you to take two, 
packets. Everybody take two because I, I know Jody would have to have some to eat himself. And then I want him to have some to give away. So I want you to take two because I want you to take a, a pack for yourself. I want you to take a pack to hang on. And I want, you, I want you to take this pack to give to that person you had on your mind a few moments ago. So Pastor, that sounds a little bit silly. Okay, let, let me lay it out for you how easy this is. Evangelism is so easy that when you see them, and, and that's what we're going to pray in just a moment. We're going to pray for ourselves that God help us see the opportunity and know the person and then pray that God prepares them for it. So we get the opportunity. That pack of gummy worms is laying right there in the seat. You know, we're driving to work or driving wherever. And then we say, hey, I'm going to see so-and-so in here. Pick up that pack of gummy worms, go inside and say, I got to tell you something. My pastor preached the, pre the craziest sermon Sunday about, about and we're, he's going to preach about it again this Sunday. And he just gave out gummy worms. So, and he told me to bring some to somebody. I'm bringing them to you. Why don't you come with me and hear this sermon this Sunday? So easy, isn't it? You don't have to know 200 points and 200 reasons. You don't have to know whether it's ABCs of, of confession and or CBAs or whatever. You don't have, we, just, we want to give you something to make it easy on you. It's so easy to invite somebody to church. I love giving away stuff, but even more so, I love giving you a tool to help you get an unsaved person to church. So when you walk in, get two, okay? Jenny, go ahead. When you